0: Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcaster. I'm your host, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, Andrew Boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. This week we're going to be going over UFC San Antonio, which is headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Leon Edwards. Big fight in the welterweight division. Uh, Big fight for Leon Edwards to finally crack into that top five, Uh, but I think he has a stiff test against uh, RDA ahead of him. But uh, the card's littered with other good fights. Uh, Before we get into that, though... We're going to be going over the casuals again with my man, Big Rob. What's going on? Hey. Uh, So first, let's get into the casuals. Then we got a little bit of banter that we need to address after. Uh, But what I'm going to be showing, Big Rob, is a little bit of controversy that happened over this past weekend. Uh, The two top fights ended in somewhat controversy. So um, I want to get your thoughts on it real quick. Okay. Okay. So, I'll tell you what the controversy is real quick. First, actually, okay. it's uh, that people are complaining that they were quick stoppages. So, we've had similar things I've shown to you before where I'm like, do you think this was a quick stoppage? Do you think it was too late? What were your thoughts on it? So, okay. here's another installment of is this a quick finish or not with okay. a casual fan. So, well, first, I'm going to show him Uriah Faber versus Ricky Simone. Uh, this is going off at roughly around 4 minutes and 30 seconds left in the first round. We all know it was a quick fight, so... I just skipped ahead thirty seconds. Uh yeah, so we got Faber with his back to the cage. Okay. And he lands that shot, gets the guy off oh. of his equilibrium. Like that guy's clearly rocked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, he, he he was still moving. He was still he, moving. He was getting right? his ass kicked. He was still moving. He was rocked, you know. Yeah. Like oh, he yeah. was a little
1: dazed. He was. I mean he couldn't even stand up.
0: Uh, we'll wait for the, the replay. Let me see if I get Because obviously seeing other angles would probably be the best way to get a better... Okay. So <clears throat> let's go replay. Okay. So this is actually the camera that they showed during okay, the, boom. the actual fight.
1: Right there. So So he's... He but, lost it. Yeah. He's, he's He lost it. Yeah. Right?
0: Oh, yeah. And then yep. he follows he's up. He's downing it. He missed that one shot that he went down with. He oh, missed okay. that one as well. So this is like the only shot he hits okay, him so, with. so... So okay, so that hit the time. shoulder. That hit the shoulder. Hit the shoulder. Missed. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Nah, hit, hit, him, him,
1: hit him. Hit him. Okay, yeah, he's done. He's done. He's done. Yeah. I mean, if he couldn't even stand up yeah. a second ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then he's hitting him six more times after that.
0: So I would agree with you. I absolutely believe yeah. that was a just stoppage. That was perfectly timed. Yeah. This guy, Watch this guy's hands during this thing. This guy fucking lo- <laughs> this guy lost it. Look at his hands. Watch his... Oh, I don't show the whole thing. I'll see if I can pull it out after. But everybody was making fun of his like his hands were just like oh my god, what's happening right now? He's trying to just do everything he can to focus on his fucking his like vocals. That's it. Wow. Yeah, it was a big win for this guy because this guy came out of retirement in his home city mm-hmm. uh, and like scored a huge upset. Like, He was a heavy underdog on this card. Came in and just fucking starts the guy in 40-something seconds. That's awesome. Uh, So that's the first one. There's one more that I want to show you. And this one is actually going to be the main event, which was Jermaine Durandamy versus Aspen Ladd. This was a relatively quick fight as well, so let's just skip ahead. Okay. Let's go... So close, so close, so close, introductions, don't want to overblow it, because there's a really quick fight, (laughs) okay, here we go, okay, so fight is about to start, it's a very uh, intriguing fight in terms of just physically how the women look, one's like a shorter, stubbier, one's just long and can fucking punch like a brick shittles. Do you think that was a just stoppage? So she lands the the. Let's go. Let's go to the replay. But she lands a beautiful shot. She lands a picture perfect shot. Boom!
1: Right there, she's done. Da- the girl she's goes down. down. She's down. Right. But, uh, I mean, maybe in three seconds she she could recover. Like,
0: look, look, she's kind of still there. Immediately passes the what the fuck test.
1: <laughs> yeah so so, so so right there I,
0: yeah but but the way she fell makes it look really like questionable right yeah but like she did kind of catch herself on. she didn't fall face first right and then she turned around and immediately look at the ref like what like it's this one's tough it was the fall the fall the made it fall. look bad and somehow she's on the phone right away but uh, yeah the way she fell was probably the most like so I had money on the girl that won. Okay. I was happy, but from like a, even from a bias perspective, I would say that's a really quick stoppage. I thought it was. Quick. It was.
1: It, it was one of the quickest ones I've s- seen. Yeah. Um,
0: and it shouldn't have been essentially right. Like you, you could have given that girl another couple punches. Like I'm all for saving brain health and fucking you know, sure. CT and all that shit, but still, like you want to like this is her first ever main event. You know, if she won this fight, she probably would be fighting for the title next. But now this girl's fighting for the title. Also, half your paycheck. Like I always fucking say, yeah. right? From a casualist perspective, you're thinking like this guy, j- this woman just lost half her paycheck just because of a referee thinking that that was too quick of a stoppage. Mm. So
1: I, you know, from my perspective, yeah. I would say the beginning looked like she was done. Yeah. But then, like moments after, it seemed like she's. St- Started even to, the follow up
0: shot didn't yeah. even hit her clean. It hit like in the uh in the chest area. Yeah. I don't know. I was I I mm. I was I was surprised that people thought the one before this was a quick stoppage because I'm oh. like, oh, I was cool with that. Nah. Like I'm okay with that. um But this one, uh, you know, even though I had money on it, I was like, okay, that was relatively quick. Like yeah, yeah, I would give yeah. them another couple. 10, it was very seconds. fast. Yeah. She landed, she hit Probably her with the a good shot. One I've ever seen. Yeah, besides that fucking knee one I showed you last. That week, was five seconds,
1: right? That was insane. That's
0: still blowing up. Yeah, that, that is. You still know, they need to
1: they need to find the real time on that, which was like yeah. what like two seconds. There, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. No, somebody
0: actually timed it. They're yeah, like, it was the ref being out of position. Yeah, but like even before that, like you know how they have their names show up, like mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. right when the fight starts, so even before their names showed up, the guy was out. <laughs> right. that was great let me see if I can show you this uh, the fucking gif of that guy losing it with his hands
1: okay okay <laughs> it
0: was probably one of the funniest things I've seen where is it July for yep this guy tweets a lot this is my man MMA trader god damn where is it uh brendan fitzgerald yep this guy okay uh he should have it up yeah like what watch, watch okay. his hands okay i guess we can play the audio this is from the second fight okay no sorry the first fight that i showed you <laughs> just focus on his hands <laughs>
1: Like he even gets up on his like Like, Not not even the guy on the left dude He's getting involved too
0: Yeah Fucking hilarious I watched this thing like 10 straight times It kills me How much his hands lose (laughs) it.
1: Like right away Oh my gosh (laughs)
0: <laughs> fucking crazy, dude! It was a big moment, so I completely understand. And you, you have a job to like, to you know, give people commentary on what the fuck is happening. So mm. you have to focus while you're trying to control your inner MMA fan, and we all know he's a big fan too, right? Uh, just fucking losing hilarious. his mind, just in losing the his mind. Uh, the banter that I wanted to get to. We're going to be fucking camping this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told Rob that I haven't gone camping since, like, 2017. Me and my girl moved in together last year, so we kind of used that as, like, our camping. And then the week, or the, the this year, we haven't done it. We've just have been so fucking busy. And then Rob always tells me about this RV that he has parked up uh, close to Toronto here. And uh, he books off, like, certain weekends. This whole fucking summer, he just books off, like, three days or a fucking whole week. He's going yeah. tomorrow which is why we're doing this on a Monday. We had to do it on a Monday. Uh, and then he's coming back on Sunday. So all fucking yeah. week he's gone. Off the grid, fucking solar paneling love this it. bitch up. Uh, and uh, he invited me and my girl to come out, so we're going to definitely go out this weekend. <clears throat> I told my girl, she's fucking excited because we haven't gone in so long. But um, yeah, man, he has a fucking legit setup. He always shows <laughs> me videos and stuff and, and pictures. And I fucking love what he's doing out there, and I can't wait to go be a part of it.
1: Yeah, man. Dude, I'm super excited. How
0: many times have you gone out this year?
1: Oh, At least like six times. Six
0: times. And it's fucking July. It's middle of July. Literally July 15th. It is the middle of July. There's still the whole (laughs) summer to go. How many more weekends do you have planned? Oh,
1: tons. Tons. Tons? At least like another six more.
0: Fucking 6
1: I'll just keep going, man.
0: And then this week you're going for five days or six days or something like
1: that. But the longest I've ever gone, I think it was like maybe 17 days.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like not
1: going to a store, not like not plugging into electricity or running water. Yeah. Like, you just have your off the, with grid, the RV, RV, like just just roughing it. You Do know. you ever set up a tent, or you're just no going no in an no? RV? no, no. I, mean, I, I mean I mean I have right? I have comfort. Like yeah I, did, yeah, yeah I got a fridge in there. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I got solar that's powering all this stuff. I got you know music and lights. You, you know, so I'm not really roughing it, but but it's kind of neat just trying to just see if I can. Do how it. long you can yeah. do it? Yeah, how long can I, days do it? Is ridiculous. Dude, I think the most yeah. I've
0: done is three days. Okay. Like, uh, sorry, I should say two nights and three days, right? Okay. 17 days. Yeah, man. Like, are you going to like their showers and shit? No. Like, what no. the I'll fuck? I'll go in the water. I'll swim. <laughs> 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 Fucking purred Dude, I'm serious. This. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm loving it. <laughs> God damn. You know, I'm looking forward to it this weekend for sure. Like, it's, yeah. it's something that I haven't been able to do in a long time and... And fucking, I really appreciate you inviting me out. That's fucking dope, dude. Thanks, man. We're going to get fucked up this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be Friday, fun. I'm going to crash Friday, I think, come back on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> but fuck, man, I'm so fucking excited.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> can't can't wait to go and hang out at the water and the docks and yeah. all that stuff. And
0: well, what's on good. the menu this weekend? What the fuck are you cooking up?
1: Well, you know, there's always, kebabs are always good. I, yeah. I love these, uh, you know, I I, but we'll see. I, I grabbed some stuff at Costco. I'll, maybe I'll okay. grab some stuff up. You know, Walmart, too. I'm pretty pretty easy going. I, t-
0: I told him I'd bring up some meat, too. So we got do some barbecue up, to do when we get back yeah. Friday. So I got, I got to see you. you. don't like spice, do you? Dude, what are you talking okay, about? Okay, never mind. More I spice, feel like we've the, talked about this. Okay, I'm, I'll bring up some tandoori chicken. And we'll fucking, yeah. We'll cook that yeah. shit. Out. I know you like some tandoori okay. chicken. Yeah, but man. I got to get some, like, fucking sweet stuff for my girl because she can't handle spices at all. Okay, okay. Which is ridiculous, but... It's all good. We'll do, it's all we'll
1: good. Do, we'll do some of that, too.
0: All right, all right, all right. Thanks for the casuals once again, Big Rock. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're gonna fucking kill it this weekend. I can't wait to fucking get out there. Yay. Uh. All right. Let's fucking get into UFC Sacramento's betting recap. Let's hit that up first before we move on to UFC San Antonio, which is this weekend. Uh. So UFC Sacramento winning event. Thank motherfucking God. It was all thanks to Jermaine DeMar- Jermaine, bleh, Jermaine Durandamy at the end of the the event. Uh. It pretty much all it came down all to that. You know, I had my lock of the night play, which was the fight doesn't go to decision in that fight, as well as a small one-unit play at plus 150 on Jermaine Durandamy. Both of those hit, uh, plus 5, 2.56 units on uh, the fight doesn't go to decision, and then plus 1.5 units on the um, uh, on Jermaine Durandamy straight, so it was a beauty that both of those hit. I'll move on to the next one that I hit as well. I kind of wish I went a little bit deeper on this, but I had one unit on Ryan Hall at plus plus one hundred. That profits for one unit. Uh, you know, relatively easy fight. I'm glad Ryan Hall was able to pull out some spinning shit. And Darren Elkins is the perfect opponent to kind of have as like a punching bag, uh, if you want to put it to that. Uh, so Ryan Hall was able to comfortably pull off this spinning shit. Not really worry about too much coming backwards in terms of at least uh, punching power and, and you know, just, just being a more dangerous opponent than Darren Elkins, I should say. You know, Darren Elkins' chin really helped him out here uh, once again. His chin, you know, some fights it's going to crack. Ryan Hall probably doesn't have the power, but he had the power to hurt him. So it was great to see Ryan Hall get that victory there. I know a lot of you don't really like him, but uh, his style kind of intrigues me. And I would love, fucking love to see him against Krohn Gracie since they're in the same division. So I know Crohn Gracie has Cub Swanson coming up and getting a fight with like Ryan Hall will probably be a step back. But hopefully down the future, that's something that a a fight that we get to see. Uh, And knowing us, it'll probably be a striking affair. So we'll see if Ryan Hall spitting shit can pay off. Or if uh Crone uh, Gracie could get the W there. But regardless, uh we don't know if that fight's gonna happen. It's just something that I'm intrigued at intrigued by uh, let's go to the losing bets. So I had a couple of dog of the night plays here. Uh, first, going off with Carl Roberson versus Wellington Terman. I wanted that fight to go under a round and a half. I thought there was definitely some. Uh, it was a very playable odds at plus 115. I put down 1.25 units for that uh, bet. Uh, you know, I-, I thought Carl Roberson was either going to light him up on the feet and finish him early, or a Wellington Turman was going to get him down and submit him. You know, Carl Roberson hit Turman a couple times, but Turman's you know resiliency paid off. Uh, his Chin paid off as well, so he stayed there. Uh, but, you know, Terminator got the takedown too and got plenty of submission opportunities, and Carl Robinson was able to get out of those too. So both guys showing, uh, you know, toughness, uh, submission defense, and uh, a good chin, uh, which is why the bet didn't pay off. And eventually it ended up going to a decision as well, which is really good for me because I was highly considering playing uh, the fight doesn't go to decision. But uh, I don't know what scared me off, and whatever it was, I'm glad I fucking stayed away from it. Uh, next up, I had uh, one unit on Cesar Fajera. At plus 146, I thought Caesar, you know, if he was able to get in close enough for a takedown that he was going to be able to land one. However, he wasn't able to, able to land at least one. So, um, you know, big props to Marvin Vittori for working on his takedown defense. Big props to him for, you know, working on his hands and, and becoming a better fighter every fight. Uh, but I truly thought that Caesar Fajira would have the advantage when this fight got to a grappling uh scenario. Uh, unfortunately, you know, his his age is catching up to him, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to make too many excuses because I thought there was a lot of value and a lot of good, uh you know, reasons to bet Cesar Ferreri here at plus 146. <clears throat> uh, and then lastly, uh, I had a parlay of, of 0.75 units on plus 157, the first of which was Juliana Pena. Uh... I had her at minus 181, and then I had Mirsad Bektik at minus 152. Sorry, got a little bit of gas. (laughs) Um, Juliana Pena, you know, tough first round, comes back in those second two and completely outgrinds Nico Montano. I really thought that Juliana Pena's size and ability to, you know, just be a comfortable -er, 135-er was going to come to fruition here, and it kind of did, you know, it was a little bit of a scare that first round, Uh, but I truly thought that she was going to be able to outgrapple Nico Montano in that is what she did in rounds two and three, uh, securing the victory there. And then Mirsad Bektik you know, his, his it seems like his chin is kind of shot. You know, I don't want to say that he's completely done with. Uh, it would be interesting to see maybe if he went up to 155. Uh, he might be a little small there, but uh, maybe a weight cut, uh, you know, I don't know how much of a way cut it really is for Mirsa Bectic, but he seems like a pretty thick guy. So, uh, you know, it's two unfortunately losses at 145 now against Josh Emmett and Darren Elkins. Uh, Emmett just hits like a fucking truck, man, and and uh, good on anybody that hit Emmett at plus money. Uh, but that's why I had to go at, you know, a 0.75 unit stab on this parlay. Uh, it was mainly Bectic, man. I was kind of, uh, you know, hesitant. Uh, I, I personally thought like the issue here would be the third round. I thought Bektik would be able to uh, handle the first two rounds. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to. Uh, you know, he wasn't even able to make it into the second round. So, uh, big up on Josh Tyneman for getting a big victory uh, as an underdog, especially especially in his hometown of Sacramento. But regardless, I'm happy because we ended the night uh, plus 2.06 units, only a 21% ROI. But I'm happy with that, man. I'm, I'm just happy to get another W. That's two straight victories now. This weekend was a big weekend for me, you know, uh, PFL as well as Bellator. Uh, We can quickly go over that as well. I had 1.2 units on Rafael Carvalho at minus 117. I thought he was the more complete fighter here against Chidi Angel Kowani. I wish I went a little bit deeper. I don't know why I wasn't uh, considering going deeper, but I profited plus 1.03 units. Whoa, that was a big, little bit of spit that just came out. Uh, Getting a little salivated over here. Regardless, uh, yeah, so I had plus one point zero three units on that Carvalho play, and then I had my lock of the night play. It was a PFL and Bellator mix. I had uh, Glyco Franca and uh, Ed Ruth five units at minus one seventy six. I thought that was a great price for two guys. That I thought had pretty much that fight in the bag. Uh, the Franca fight, you know, I knew it was going to be a little bit dicey in that first round, but after that, I knew it was going to be a little bit easier for Franca to get this fight to the ground, and it was. You know, he got that late finish in that third round, and then Ed Ruth. Completely molly whopping Kuiichi mono, So it was a no-brainer for me to uh, parlay at Ruth with somebody. And thankfully Greco Franco was fighting the night before. And it was more than an opportune moment for me to take advantage of that. Uh, five units for plus 2.83 units uh, for my lock of the night play there. So that's two back-to-back lock of the night plays I hit thereafter. Completely shitting the bet at UFC 239. I'm still in the hole a little bit. But we're coming back strong with UFC San Antonio, which goes down this weekend. Uh, quick thoughts on that. Uh, let's quickly hit up that. I just want to get a quick overview of the card as a whole. Um, you know, a headline by Rafael Dos Anjos versus Leon Edwards. It could almost be a number one contender, contender shot for Leon Edwards, but I don't know how many people want to see Rafael Dos go up against Kobe Covington or Kamaru Usman. Um, it's whatever to me, you know. Kobe Covington has La- R- 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 Robbie Lawler coming up. Uh, I truly think that if he gets the victory there, that they'll probably line up that fight next for Kamaru. Uh, I wouldn't even be mad to see Jorge Masvidal fight Kamaru. Oh uh, Fuck. I was doing my best to fight that fucking yawn. I know my man, Big Morley's going to be watching this and blast me for that one, but whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> and no, no iced coffee for me today. I, I couldn't make the fucking stop before I got out here. Regardless, uh... Back to the card, you know, big welterweight fight to top off the card. Uh, Harris versus Olenek, this fight was supposed to happen shortly uh, before as well. Uh, we'll see if Walt Harris is able to keep this fight off the ground. Greg Hardy's return against another guy in Juan Adams, this should be a sloppy heavyweight slugfest. Uh, James Vicker against Daniel Hooker, great fight there year versus Rothwell—it's a rematch. Very much looking forward to seeing how Rothwell comes back from that Blagoy even though fight. Even though I thought he won that fight, the return of Alexander Hernandez—somebody that a lot of people are high on—coming up against a very tough veteran in Francisco Trinaldo. Raquel Pennington's back. Sam Alvey against Clinton Abreu. Ray Borg's back, which is why I had to wear the Ray Borg shirt today. um yeah, decent card overall, man. I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. I got a couple fights I'm really looking forward to seeing on there. Uh, and I already have one bet placed for this. I, I'm still looking for my lock of the night spot. Uh, there is one spot that I'm very much intrigued by. Uh, the odds are a little skewed for my liking at the moment. I'll let you guys know what that is. Oh, look at that. It's gotten an even worse. So maybe I have to look at a possible parlay situation here uh, for a lock of the night play. Or even, uh, you know, even looking at uh, props as they come out. Oh. I can't help these fucking yawns, y'all. <clears throat> All right, let's fucking get down to business. Let's get into this first fight. Uh, first up, we're gonna have uh, Philippe Colaris versus where? My, where the fuck is my man? Domingo Pilarte. Uh, this is a fight that I'm very much intrigued by. Um, I'm, I'm very high on Domingo Pilarte after doing some of the tape on him. You know, he had that fight against Vince Morales, uh... In uh, last year's Dana White Contender Series. And that was a very tough fight for him, man. He had a very rough first round uh, where Vince Morales dropped him. It looked like Pilarte was out of it. He somehow pulled out of it, uh, managed to get into the second round, and then rock and finish Morales with the rear naked choke as well. So that was big for him. Uh, Very lanky guy for this weight class. I believe it's 135. Uh, Yeah, 135, 6 foot, 74 inch reach, uh, and very strong too. He has very good wrestling. Uh, I believe that's why he's such a heavy favorite over. Over Calaris here. I think that Calaris is going to have some issues. Uh, You know, good jujitsu guy. But, uh, you know, had that loss to Geraldo de Freitas uh, in his last fight, in a fight that was very back and forth. There was a lot of clinch and grappling exchanges that Freitas was able to just get the better of in most of these positions. Uh, it seems like all the positions that Calaris was trying to get against de Freitas, uh, he just wasn't able to hold them, man. Like, he, he was uh, falling off the back a lot, uh, getting reversed, swept. Um, you know, it seems like he has decent jiu-jitsu, but the ability to hold position is really tough for him. With Domingo Pilarte, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble here. I think Pilarte is going to be, obviously, the stronger one. And I think once he gets top position, he's going to be able to hold it. Um, I don't know if Colares is going to be good enough to, you know... Uh generate some sweeps or some reversals here uh but i think pilarte once he gets that put top position it's going to be tough for calaris uh to to reverse the position uh even on the feet i think pilarte is going to have you know a lot of fucking reach here uh he only wow only 0.5 uh reach but he has a three inch height advantage which is where i think that reach advantage definitely comes especially with the leg reach but i think it's going to be hard for claris to get in uh and you know maybe get the takedown against Polarte here I think he's going to have to eat a lot of shots on the way in here, uh, which is why I'm very much favoring Polartia. I think he has the advantage in terms of strength, uh, wrestling, uh, as well as striking, too. Uh, so I definitely see why the the, the number on Pilarte continues to grow as the week goes. Uh, goddamn, uh, Where did I... I just fucking closed best fight odds. I definitely need best fight odds. But the last that I saw... Uh, at was roughly around minus 300, which he still currently is at. Um, you know, at SportBet is up uh he opened roughly around minus 225 he stayed there for roughly around six days and then i guess people began their research after ufc sacramento wrapped up uh and uh, now they're starting to hit him uh, i'm gonna see if his line comes down a little bit you know if his line comes back down to minus 250 minus 225 i might look at him as like a lock of the night play man i truly believe in that guy and i think he has a lot of good tools to win this fight and i just don't think that colaris is you know ufc caliber at this point um you know doesn't have any real names on his record. Uh, the, the, you know, the level of competition that he's fought as well, kind of suspect. Uh, and then he just showed his last loss against Gerardo the Freitas, Freitas, that he wasn't able to really hold positions for long periods of time, uh, you know, do enough damage. Uh, and I think that's where Pilarte is going to have the advantage here. Uh, so I'm going to take Pilarte, probably even by second round finish. I'm going to say TKO ground and pound. Next up, we got Mario Bautista versus Jin Su Sun. Uh, if you guys remember Jin Su-sun, he fought Peter Yan back in Russia, back in uh, September of last year. Took a lot of damage in that fight. You know, this guy has a serious chin. Uh, you know, I remember people making jokes about Korean Zombie because Korean Zombie's in his corner. And Korean Zombie finally knows how it feels as a corner man uh, to watch your fighter out there just take ridiculous damage for, you know, uh, he could play a little bit safer, but he just wanted to take it on the chin, and Peter Yad just couldn't put him out. So uh, with Sun, we know what kind of fighter we're going to get. We're going to get a Korean zombie-ish type of fighter who likes to, likes to slugfest, likes to close the distance and just fucking swing bombs. Uh, with Mario Batista, I think Batista is going to play this a little bit safer. I think he's going to use his range a little bit. You know, he does have a 69-inch reach compared to Jinsu Sun, uh, whose reach for some reason isn't on this uh, page, but he's 5'7", whereas Bautista is going to have a 2-inch height advantage. Um, I, I think Bautista's. oof I think he's going to try to get this fight to the ground as soon as he can. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to have success on getting sundown. down. Uh, let's see what the odds are currently saying. Um, not that I say that that's going to completely dictate my decision here but uh, Bautista plus 170 is underdog so I think he will definitely have some issues on the feet here against Jin Su Uh his ability to get the fight to the ground I, I don't completely trust um, it's gonna be a pass for me just because of you know just the wacky and unorthodox style of a jinsu son and I'm not sure if Bautista is good enough to capitalize on it. Um, and again his, his advantage here is going to be to get, to get this fight to the ground. I just don't trust him to, to be able to get the fight to the ground. Um, you know I may revisit it. Uh, but just based off of what I've seen of these guys recently, not, not, not impressed with Bautista enough. Uh, and Jinsu San is just too much of a wild card for me to trust uh, putting money on that fight. So uh, I'll go with Jinsu San by, uh, by decision, just you know, outstriking Bautista. Uh, and then Bautista just having trouble closing the distance and getting the fight to the ground. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take Sun by decision. Next up, we got Ray Borg versus uh, Gabriel Silva water break water break <laughs> nothing better than cold water all right Gabriel Silva uh, making his UFC debut seven uh, and0 as a pro uh you know he's fought over in Poland uh, and then he had his last fight in LFA I was having trouble finding his LFA fight. Uh, he won that relatively quickly, so I'm not sure how much it would have told us, but maybe he just has powers in his hands. Uh, and the Camille Le- Lebkowski fight, that's probably the most recent fight that I have, but even that, that was over two and a half years ago. So he came back in 2019, fought in March, and now he's making his UFC debut here against Ray Borg. Um, I Want to say that no, Ray Borg was not set up against anybody else, but uh, tough for him, man. He he's coming off a loss to Casey Kenney, who was making his UFC debut. A lot of people thought that Ray Borg won that fight. Unfortunate for him to come out on that side, uh, and now here he is against another UFC debutant, and Gabriel Silva. Um, you know Silva, I think he has decent hands. Uh, obviously a jujitsu jitsu guy in my opinion, uh, but I think he's going to have trouble getting Ray Borg down. You know, Casey Kenny got this fight to the ground relatively easy, but I, th- I don't know if G- Gabriel Silva has that uh, ability to get a guy like Ray Borg down. Ray Borg is a great wrestler, and Casey Kenny is just a good wrestler too, uh, but I don't see that wrestling from Gabriel Silva here. Um, I think he... Uh, you know, he's, if he's able to get the fight to the ground at all, he just doesn't show the ability to keep the fight on the ground. Uh, and especially against a guy who's such a good scrambler like Rayborg I think Silva's going to have trouble. And I'm also going to give uh, Rayborg the advantage on the feet here, too. Um, I think that he will have the advantage on the feet, for sure. Uh, I think he just moves better. He's the, he's going to be the faster fighter here. Um, and I think that Silva's going to want to initiate the clinch and try to get this fight down ASAP. I don't think he's going to be able to. Um, I like, I like Ray Borg uh, roughly around the minus 250 range uh, that he's currently at, but I, I don't know if I feel uh, good enough to pull the trigger here. Maybe this might be a situation where I uh, possibly parlay Pilarte and Borg, uh, but uh, I'm just going to have to wait and see how the lines shape out for the rest of this week. Again, it's just Monday. Like, There's no need to rush anything. Uh, I feel like there might be other spots that I could come across, but I truly like... Um, uh I like Ray Borg here. I don't think uh you know, uh, especially the the UFC debut thing going up against Gabriel Silver here against a tough vet, especially a title challenger like Ray Borg. Um I think it's gonna be tough for him to come out and string a victory here and spring the upset. So I'm gonna go with Ray Borg by decision. I think he finally gets his victory, finally gets that full paycheck to finally put towards his kid and all that stuff. Uh and that's why I'm repping the Ray Borg shirt here. Uh so I'm going with my man Ray. Borg. Next up, we got Roxanne Modifari versus Jennifer Meyer. Roxanne Modifari coming off a big victory over Antonina Shevchenko in her last time out. Came in as a huge underdog. Not a lot of people thought that she was going to be able to be able to get the takedowns against Shevchenko, let alone even withstand, uh, you know, closing the distance against Shevchenko. And she did it with relative ease, man. She surprised a lot of people. Uh, unfortunate first loss for Antonina in that fight. But Roxanne Modifari showed why she's a twenty. What is that? Uh, twenty eight. 38 fight veteran. She knows how to get through these tough fights. Uh, she knows how to get the fight to the ground at any means necessary. Uh, and she even had more trouble against Tajari Eubanks, which is interesting. You know, Shevchenko probably is still not completely comfortable in an MMA setting. She was only 7 0 going into that fight, Eight, 7 1 now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how she comes back and if she's able to work on a takedown defense because Montefiore is not the strongest takedown artist either out here. You know, uh, her, her stand up is still relatively sloppy. Uh, I know she's been working with John. Would a lot to try and shore that up, and you know, try to make it easier for her to close the distance without taking as much damage. Uh, but she's going to be taking a lot of damage here against Jennifer Maya. Uh, I think that uh, you know Maya doesn't really have much to offer off of her back. So if she, this fight does somehow hit the ground, I think Maya going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, but it's going to take a lot for uh, Roxanne Modafferi to get this fight to the ground. Um, I, I think that she will be successful in getting this fight to the ground. I think that sh- they are, are going to find situations where they find themselves clinched up against the cage and Modafari drags this fight to the ground um, and again, like against that fight we saw with Alexis Davis for Jen- Jennifer Maya. Once Alexis Davis is able to get this fight to the ground, Maya showed no real like threat to get this fight back to the feet. Uh, so she dropped one of those rounds but then she was able to outstrike and outwork Alexis Davis on the feet. I think that Modafari is slightly tougher than Davis. I think that she uh does a better job in clinch exchanges as well in terms of getting fights to the ground so i think that modafari might be slightly better than davis in those those spots uh so i'm kind of leading modafari here as in dog uh, I want to see if her price gets better. The best price I see out now is plus 110, plus 113. I don't know if we'll get anything better than that, but I'm going to wait it out. Like I said earlier for these uh, for the Ray Borg fight, I'm going to wait it out, see if the odds get better, but I really like Mata as an underdog here. I wouldn't take her as a favorite or at a pick-em, uh, but I want to see if we can get to the plus 130-ish range for Roxanne Mata and I might hit her at that point. So, uh most of you guys know, like, I, I really prefer grapplers over strikers, but I'm not always going to go that route. Only if I see uh, possible ways that she can get this fight to the ground. I think that uh, Antonina, you know, being the taller girl, uh, she's going to have uh, be a little bit harder to take down, but I think that Jennifer Maya might offer more in terms of takedown defense and technique-wise. Uh, but I still like Montafari here, man. I She might get hit a little, she might get hit, quite a lot on the feet, but if she's able to get this fight to the ground, and I like her ability to get this fight to the ground, I think it's going to be really tough for Jennifer Maya to, to get Modafari off of her, and probably even uh, we might even see Modafari sinking some sort of submission, but as an official pick, I'll probably go with Roxanne Modafari by submission, uh, oh sorry by decision, uh, by just completely handling and outworking Jennifer Maya on the ground, staying active enough to keep this fight on the ground too, uh, and we get a decision victory for Roxanne Modafari. Alright. Next up we got Sam Alvey versus Clidson Abreu. Uh, Sam Alvey, my man fucking... <laughs> uh, my man uh, Newsome MMA. Adam Newsom over there at Newsome MMA. He likes to call himself the, the Sam Alvey Whisperer, if you want to call it that. Uh, apparently, he's like 7-0 or 6-0 in betting in Sam Alvey fights. And I'm interested to see how he kind of caps this Klitsch and Abreu fight. Uh, like, I've broken it down plenty of times in the past with Sam Alvey. You know, he has a very rudimentary style. You know, throws big shots. Doesn't really throw combinations. Uh, very lackadaisical. Probably not the best uh, in terms of pace and uh, output. Um, great chin, you know. Even though he's lost his last two fights by KO, um, he's he's shown uh, in the past. <sighs> <laughs> he's shown in the past that you know his chin can definitely take some damage and he can withstand it. Um, but uh, with the Sabretooth fight, I'm not sure if he really has much to worry about in terms of knockout power. I think he is. Real concern here is going to be grappling. So he has good takedown defense, uh, but he's fighting a pretty big guy here, And Abreu, who's able to get fights to the ground with somewhat, uh, you know, not not too tough. Uh, so Klitson Abreu is going off at the minus 160 favorite right now with Sam Alvey at plus 140. I, I'm going to stay away from this fight as well, man. Like it's just so tough with Sam Alvey, especially with all the heat that he has in his hands. He might be able to land on Abreu and probably put him out. Um, you know, with Abreu, you, you're talking about a guy who's coming off a decision loss to Magomed Ankalaev, uh, but his both of his losses have been, uh, sorry, two out of his three losses have been by punches and finish uh, by KO. So that's one thing that you have to worry about with Sam Alvey. Even though he doesn't put out much output uh, or he doesn't really, um, you know, have the most entertaining and... and, and Friendly style, at least as a better, uh, you you can't really knock the the knockout power that he has in his hands. So uh, I'm gonna take as a pick. I'm gonna take a Brayu by decision, but I'm gonna stay away from betting it just due to the the issues that Sam Alvey Alvi possibly brings with his uh, with the power that he presents. Next up, we got uh, Raquel Pennington against Irene Aldana. Um, Aldana is going off as the favorite right now. Um, Let's see. She's going off the favor at minus one fifty. Come back on Raquel Pennington at plus one thirty. You know Pennington's had a rough stretch in his last two in her last two fights. Very tough opponents as well And Amanda Nunes, uh, who completely mollywopped her for fucking four and a half rounds, uh, and even quit after that for fourth round too. But somehow. Her- Her coaches willed her back into it. Uh, And then in the Jermaine Durandami fight, you know, she got completely beat up. She wasn't able to get uh, Durandami down. uh, And she just, yeah, she just got completely murked on the feet. Uh, Good on her for her toughness pulling out here and her being able to stay in the fight uh but she got beat up in that fight and i think in this fight with aldana you know aldana may have similar success on the feet here but she just doesn't throw with as much ferocity and and ferociousness as a Jermaine durandami or an amanda nunez so raquel pennington's toughness may be able to you know withstand it here but i think she might be able to get this fight to the ground and probably even grind out in aldana maybe get this fight into clinch situations up against the cage make it tough for her um I I kind of like Pennington as a dog here. You know, if you don't if you don't really completely write her off due to her last two losses, again to, uh, two former champions, a current double champ and a former champion. Say what you want about GDR, but she was a champion. Uh, and then Aldana, it's a, it's a huge step down in competition, in my opinion. Uh, Aldana has does all the right things in terms of her striking. You know, is a relative. Too close of a fight against Betch Cohea for it to go to a decision. Thankfully, Aldana was able to pull off the submission of that fight. I don't even want to know what the fucking scorecards were going to look like there. But uh, I think this is we need to remember the scrappy Raquel Penny thing then, and the fighter that she's able, you know, she's she's able to represent, uh, you know, her fights against Misha Tate, Elizabeth Phillips, and Bets Coelho. We saw how good she could actually be, and she even has two wins over the current fucking strawweight champion in Jessica Andrade. Oh, sorry, the first fight was a loss, split decision loss, but then she came back and uh, rear naked choked her the second time around. So uh, I might can't believe I'm saying it, but I might take a shot on Raquel Pennington and dog Oz here, especially if against a girl like Irene Aldana who makes fights closer than they should be. Pennington might be, be able to be the tougher fighter here and the more gritty fighter, and that might actually be the uh, the X factor in uh, getting a victory in this fight. So I, I like uh, Raquel Pennington. I want to see if she gets to the plus 150 range, if people you know continue to drink the Irene Aldana juice, um, and we'll see but I'm going to take Pennington by decision here, and I think there's some value on her at the underdog price that she's currently at. Next up, we got Alex Caceres. Where the fuck did Caceres go? There we go. Alex Caceres versus uh, Stephen Peterson. It feels like it's been a while since we've seen Alex Caceres, but the last time we did see him was back in February against Krohn Gracie, uh, where he was quickly submitted two minutes into that fight by, surprise, surprise, Krohn Gracie. Uh... You know, he went to a decision against Martin Bravo before that back in, uh, what is that, July of last year. So it's been a full year since he fought Martin Bravo. Um, This is is kind of a tough fight, you know. I I like the grittiness and forward pressure of Steven Peterson. Um, Fight IQ can be questioned at times, even though he's 25 fights into his UFC career. Very tough fight against Luis Pena last time out. Oh, God. Dem uh, gonna happen. I gotta get on that fucking uh ice coffee next time I get out here. <laughs> Alright. Um getting back to Steven Peterson. I think he's a tough gritty fighter. Uh great coaching with Safe Sayud from uh four May, I believe it is. Um you know, showed a good fight against Matt Basset. I thought he won that unanimously. I'm not sure why it should have been a split. But he had a tough first round, came back in the second two and looked really good. Um, I I like his style. I like his forward pressure, gritty style. I think he would be able to break a guy like Alex Caceres. I'm not the biggest Alex Caceres fan, nor do I think he's that good. You know, his record is 14 and 12 for a fucking reason. Um, but I I, I like the underdog value on fucking uh, Steven Peterson here as well. What's he at? Plus 135. I like the dog odds there too, man. I'm liking a a lot of dogs on this card. Um, I'm going to go with Steven Peterson by decision. I think that he keeps this fight on the feet. I think where Caceres really has the advantage here is in the grappling and the jujitsu. Uh, I just think that Steven Peterson is going to be too nasty for Alex Caceres here. Uh, you know, light him up on the feet. Uh, you know, he's not going to get uh, caught off guard too much by that wacky style that Caceres throws with sometimes. I think he's going to be able to close the dis- distance, maybe eat a few shots, but I don't think that Caceres has the the, the, the knockout power to to really hurt or even, uh, you know, scare Steven Peterson. So I think that Peterson's going to walk through some of these shots and just land his better shots uh, and just look like the guy that's pushing the pace uh, making it look better for the judges Uh, so I think that's where Peterson definitely has the advantage too because he just likes having that forward pressure, forward style and I don't think that Kaceres really has much to offer in return so uh, I I like Peterson here, I think he's going to win by decision uh, but I think he could even break Kaceres a little bit later in this fight so I'm going to take Peterson by decision uh, and definitely like him at dog odds again, going to see where those odds go as well um, plus 150 is where I would roughly like it to be it's at plus 130 right now but we'll see as the week progresses where that fight ends up next up uh, rematch between some heavyweight legends and Andre Arlovsky versus Ben Rothwell so these guys fought let's see over 11 years ago almost 11 years to the date god damn that is fucking weird yeah, so eleven days and one day ago, Ben Rothwell versus Andrei Arlovsky happened at Affliction One. Um, you know, Andrei Arlovski ended up winning that fight, also beat Roy Nelson, and then came back for Affliction Two, for a big opportunity to dethrone Fedor Emelianenko. If you guys remember, he had some success in that fight, uh, and then I don't know what the fuck happened through some sort of flying thing, and then Fedor uh, managed to land a perfect punch on him, and Andre Arlovsky went toppling down. Um, with Andre Arlovsky, we're talking about a guy that's had many career re- resurgences. He made his UFC or, his second UFC debut, uh, or his return, I should say, against Brendan Shaw back in June of 2014, strung together four straight wins over uh, Bigfoot Silva, well, Shaw, Bigfoot Silva, Travis Brown, and Frank Mir, and then found himself pretty much in a number one contender fight against Stipe Miocic, and then he just got completely dusted in 54 seconds, and that was the first of five straight losses. The fact that the UFC still kept him after that uh, was ridiculous, uh, but, you know, warranted The guy's a legend. He still brings eyeballs. Ooh. If you guys are doing the yawning, drinking game, you all are getting fucked up. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but yeah, five straight losses. Stipe Miocic, over him. Josh Barnett, Francis Ngannou, and then Marcin Taibura. He was able to come back and get a victory over Junior Albini, which I truly really think would have been the last straw for them uh, if, he, if he actually lost that fight. And then he beat Stefan Struve to string together two wins. And since then, he has... Um, Technically lost four straight fights. The Walt Harris fight turned into a no contest due to Walt Harris popping for some sort of steroid of some sort. But he's lost to Taitui Vasta, Shamil Abdul Walt Harris, and Augusto Sakai. All four of those fights went to a decision. And if you want to stretch it back even further, last seven of his fights have gone to a decision against heavy hitters, uh, heavy hitters like Martin Taibura. Uh, Junior Albini, Taitu Ivasa, Shamil Abdurrahimaf, who's even knocked out people in his time, Walt Harris, and even Agasso Sakai. So uh, I think the narrative of his chin being shot is a little bit uh, foregone now. Like, I, I, th- I don't think you really have to worry about that. But if somebody's going to test his chin, I think Ben Rothwell has the the punching power to possibly find that that chink in uh, Andre orlovski's chin, which has been so elusive as of late. Um, you know, unfortunately lost loss for Ben Rothwell last time around when he fought Ivanov. I had Ben Rothwell in that fight as an underdog uh, and I truly thought he won that fight. A lot of people thought he won that fight. Not sure which judges were, or all three judges were even seeing that for Ivanov. but unfortunately lost loss there. But it showed that Ben Rothwell can still really compete. He's still really um, you know, he's he can still get into shape and win some of these fights. And I think in a fight against another aging veteran like Andrei Arlowski is a perfect barometer for us to see if Ben Rothwell can continue to you know possibly look for another, uh, maybe even title contender fight. Uh, we know what kind of dinosaur division the heavyweight division is right now, so Ben Rothwell, with maybe two or three straight wins, could find himself in a number one contender fight. Uh, and I think that this, again, like I said, this is the perfect barometer for us to see if he can achieve that. Um, the one issue I had with uh, Ben Rothwell, though, in, in that first round was against though He was very hesitant. Uh, I think he was just getting his feet wet. I was just trying, maybe trying to see, like, if he still has it. Um, and then I think in the second and third round, or the ones that he actually won, but uh, you know when he turns it on, he really fucking turns it on. And I think if he has those moments against Andrey lovski he could find that Or Orlovsky's uh, chin, and probably crack it. Um, but again, his inc- inconsistency at times are are scary. They're worrisome. Uh, I, I don't feel comfortable betting him at the 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 favorite price that he's currently at. What's he at right now? Minus one eighty five, uh, yeah, I don't feel comfortable playing him at that range. Um, you know, I, I and I don't feel comfortable playing Ar- Arlovski at plus one sixty either. Uh, I want to see what the fight doesn't go to decision is because I know they just released that as well. Uh, minus one forty, so I, I would consider taking a shot at the the fight doesn't go to decision if it goes to an underdog. Uh, you know, at an underdog range. But, I, you know, I, I think it's going to stay roughly out of favorite. Uh, you know, some people still think that Arlowski's chin, chin could, could be cracked. I think it's a possibility. I just don't know if it's a foregone conclusion either. But I will take Ben Rothwell here uh, by decision. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to take Ben Rothwell by second round KO. Uh, but I just, it's, I just don't feel comfortable betting it either. So I'm going to take Rothwell by KO. Tough fight to call, man. Very, very tough fight to call. Uh, but you have to lean Rothwell, in my opinion. With the odds being as wide as they are, not feeling comfortable playing him, but you still have to lean uh, Ben Rothwell here. Next up, we got Francisco Trinaldo versus uh, Alexander Hernandez. Trinaldo's coming off a big victory over Evan Dunham back in September. He needed him to deliver completely shut down Evan Dunham's system, and he went down. It was kind of like a walk-off KO as well. Um, Trinado has been scheduled to fight a couple times. He's supposed to fight Islam Makachev back in January. Then he's supposed to fight Alexander Hernandez. And then in May, he was supposed to fight Diego Fajera. And then he had to pull out of that as well. And now here he is again against Alexander Hernandez uh you know what type of fighter we're getting with Tridaldo you know he's a heavy puncher you know he throws a lot of winging shots um good Muay Thai uh strong fighter he's a lot older too so that's one thing we need to to remember but he's always showing up for some of these fights you know getting victories over Jim Miller and Evan Dunham are you know especially the way he did it as well you know he is a motherfucker for sure and even in 2016 he had a victory over Paul Felder you know his only losses have been Kevin Lee and James James Vick um but I think he produces some possible problems here for Alexander Hernandez. You know, I think it's going to be tough for Hernandez to get this fight to the ground. And I think he's going to have to eat a lot of big shots coming in against Francisco Trinado. Um I like the prospect of Hernandez still. I think he still has a lot to, to win here and, and totally prove. Uh, but I don't feel comfortable betting at minus 167, which is where he's currently sitting at. Um I need closer to like minus 120, minus 130. I know I told a couple people earlier this week or earlier last week or later last week uh, that I was, you know, considering making Alexander Hernandez a lock of the night play. But after watching some tape, I, I got to back off of it a little bit. You know, Trinaldo, even being as old as he is, he has, definitely has uh, he a KO threat. Um, he could definitely still pose some problems for Hernandez. Um, but I'm still I'm still picking Hernandez to win here. I think he's going to win by decision. But I think it's going to be a tougher fight than most people are actually thinking it's going to be for Hernandez. Uh, I, I do see Hernandez, you know, kind of uh, using his movement to his advantage, uh, being able to change up his game, you know, MMA and, and, and striking and, and his grappling. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be the quicker guy here, so I think he'll stay out of uh, any danger in terms of tornadoes, big bombs uh but i i just can't trust him especially coming off a devastating loss to donald cerrone uh we gotta also figure out how he deals with losses you know he he did have a loss to jamal Emers early in his career and then he strung together all these victories but you know uh, earlier in your career i kind of write those first three to four or five fights off uh but then after that you know he had a big, big opportunity against Donald Cerrone here, and he blew it. So it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back and if he's able to get his mental, you know, get his mental game back uh, to pull off a victory here. So I'm going to take him by decision, but I don't feel confident confident in enough uh, to actually bet him here. Uh, Next up, we got James Vick versus Dan Hooker. Uh, This is a fight where two guys are coming back from pretty uh, unfortunate losses, devastating losses as well. Uh, You know, James Vick got knocked out by Justin Gaethje. Thought he was gonna be able to come back and and um, you know, you know, get back onto his winning track and his winning ways like he used to be. And then he ran into Paul Felder, who had like the perfect striking game plan to actually capture the victory here. Um, I think that Daniel Hooker is probably. uh, if the, the same level, if not a notch below Paul Felder in terms of uh, striking technique, uh, I think he poses a lot of good kicks. I think he will be able to find James Vick's chin, but that damage that he took in that Edson Barboza fight is next level. Um, it, it makes me hesitant. You know, I think he took off a decent amount of time, roughly around eight months, uh, seven or eight months, but it's, it's tough for me to trust a guy who came back from such a brutal beating. You know, the uh, one guy that really comes to mind for me is uh, Brian Barberena. You know, all the credit to Randy Brown in that fight, but I feel like right, Brian Barberena just did not come back, It just did not look the same coming back from that uh, Vicente Luque award that he had early in the year. So uh, that's what's kind of putting me off from Daniel Hooker here. Um, what's the odds currently at? Hooker's uh, minus 140-ish favorite James Vick, plus 120. Um You know, maybe a dog shot on James Vick. I'm not really considering it at the moment. I just don't like his defense. You know, he is a tall guy. He's a big guy. But Daniel Hooker is a big guy, too. And I think that that range uh, is going to be easy for him to to find James Vick's chin. Uh, He just has tall man defense. You know, he just fucking... Keeps his head and his chin high up in the air. I'm not sure if he's really worked on this worked on it for this camp, but it's hard for me to see him uh, correcting a mistake like that. Such a consistent and and natural mistake it seems like he makes uh, with keeping his chin up uh, and just just being a tall fighter. It's good that he's a tall fighter, but uh, when you're fighting really good strikers, especially a guy like Daniel Hooker, you gotta t- tuck that chin. You gotta make sure that um, you know they they can't find it at that easy uh, and. Uh, just just all those X-Factors and James Vick's poor striking defense it's kind of making this fight a pass for me uh, I might even look at the possible fight doesn't go to decision let's see what those are sitting at if that's plus money I would possibly consider that uh, minus 135 so it seems like it's getting better. It opened at minus 120, got to minus 150, and now it's minus 135. If that hit plus money, I would consider possibly making a small play on that. Even if it hit minus or sorry even money, I would possibly consider that as well. But uh, it's it's tough for me to see uh, being comfortable betting on either guy to win this fight, uh, which is why I'd only consider you know the 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 fight doesn't good decision. Uh, but in terms of forcing myself to pay take a pick, I want to take James Vick, man. Uh, I'm going to side on the side that. Um, the 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 damage that Daniel Hooker took in that Edson Barboza fight was too much for him, and he hasn't fully recovered from it. Uh, and I think that Vic has the power uh, to make it hard for uh, uh, Hooker, and it might uh, come for a, a relatively quick finish for James Vic as well. Um, one thing I think that Daniel Hooker really needs to implement in this fight to to probably. You know, secure victory better is use those leg kicks, man. He he tried using those against Edson Barboza, uh, but I think here against James Vick, he's gonna have a lot of success success against a guy who's so tall, and uh, especially his calf kicks. I think it's gonna be a lot easier for Daniel Hooker. So, if he starts throwing leg kicks, I think he has a good chance of winning this fight. Uh, but I'm gonna take James Vick just for you know putting a gun to my head. I think that he finishes James uh, Daniel Hooker here, maybe even by dark if they get into a clinch situation, uh, and even a wrestling situation. I think that James Vick. Loves that darks, that Anna and I think he's going to be able to land it here on Daniel Hooker. But I'm going to take KO second round for James Vick. Next up, whoop, there we go. Greg Hardy against Juan Adams. I tweeted out earlier this week if you bet on this motherfucking fight, <clears throat> you are even more of a degen than I am for fucking betting on Alvaro, Herrero. Alvaro Herrera and uh, Devin Powell, I think last year or the year before that. Who knows what the fuck is going to happen in this fight? You know, we know the one thing that is guaranteed is somebody's going to get knocked out, <clears throat> which is why the fight doesn't go to decision odds are minus one, minus four seventy five, and somebody, uh, and it's going to be very sloppy. It's going to be a very sloppy slugfest between two guys that just want to put each other out. Uh, you know, it's minus one ten right now. It's an even money fight. Both guys are sloppy. one Adams, I believe, is going to be the slightly bigger guy, but Greg Hardy is a big guy in his own frame. Uh, but their technique is just so fucking sloppy. When it, when the going gets rough, I think Greg Hardy is going to be the one that's uh, more gassed. I would have to give Juan Adams a slightly better gas tank advantage, but I don't think he's going to need it for longer than a round and a half. Um, I think that Greg Hardy... Is, I think they're just both going to swing, man. I think if anybody's going to be technical, it's Juan Adams. And by technical, I just mean slightly more disciplined and not just throwing ill-advised hay- haymakers. Uh, but I think that... Uh, you know, if Greg Hardy can't get him out of there in the first two and a half minutes, it's going to be really tough for him. Uh, I'm just, I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough test and it's more of a coin flip, man. If you're going to bet anything, I would bet either the under or the fight doesn't go to the decision, but those are probably juiced the fuck out. Um, I, I'm going to see what the under, under fucking one and a half is, you know. If it's like minus one and a half and, uh, or sorry, if it's under one and a half and uh, we're, we're sitting at like minus 220, minus 250, I might make it a lock than the night play. <laughs> Fuck it, I will take the chance in thinking that Juan Adams won't try to grind out Greg Hardy and get this late into the later rounds. But I think that uh, even if Juan Adams gets to, gets this fight to the ground, he's going to be too big for Greg Hardy to get off of him, uh, and he could probably get a TKO there, maybe even some sort of submission. But. I don't see that. I see it's being a slugfest. I'm going to take Greg Hardy by first round KO. I think he just he's going to be quicker than Juan Adams here. I think he's going to be able to land the big shot, put Juan Adams out, and TKO him. Maybe lock of the night play the under one and a half whenever the fuck that comes up. But fight doesn't go to decision on minus 475. Way too juicy for me. You know Francis Ngannou and uh, Derek Lewis flashbacks slightly. Uh, which is why I would feel much more comfortable with the under one and a half whenever those odds are fucking released. But I will take Greg Hardy by first round submission, just being the more athletic and quicker guy here. Next up, Coleman main event time, Alexei Olenek versus Walt Harris. We know what the fuck uh, this fight is all about. <clears throat> so these guys were actually supposed to fight each other in May, um, and I believe that fight got moved due to uh, yeah, Olinik being hurt, and uh, Walt Harris ended up fighting Sir- Sergey Spivak that night and got a quick victory in 50 seconds, and then wanted that quick turnaround two and a half months later against Alexei Olenek to get that fight. Very simple. What the fuck is going to happen with this fight? You know, uh, Olenek is going to b- try to get this fight to the ground <clears throat> ASAP. Walt Harris is going to try to keep this fight on the-, on the feet and try to pummel out, um, Alexei Olenek. um it's actually hilarious that the fight doesn't go to decision on this fight. Uh, has worse odds than on the Juan Adams and Greg Hardy fight. It's currently sitting at minus 600. Uh, and for uh, you know, a correct reason, I think that if Olenek gets this fight to the ground, he's going to find a submission very easily. And I think if Walt Harris keeps this fight on the feet, uh, I think he's going to be able to actually finish Alexei Olenek, completely pound him out, uh, and get the victory. Um, it's tough to trust Walt Harris, though, man. Uh, I think he is the favorite, and and you know, rightfully so. Uh, what is it, minus one fifty five? He's just so hard to trust, though. He's he still seems green, even though he's fucking you know nineteen fights into his career. He just seems like he's just not comfortable when it gets into clinch situations, and. Um, uh, I think a guy like Alix Olenek, uh, I think Olenek is going to have a harder time getting Walt Harris down than he did Mark Hunt. Uh, I believe strictly due to Walt Harris's athleticism, uh, it's going to be harder. But I think that if it gets close to the cage, I think Olenek will find a way to drag this to the cage because he is a big guy. He is a strong guy. He is a big guy. And he is a fucking, what is that, 60, 70 fight veteran of the game. Uh, he's going to find a way to get this fight to the ground. Um, I might look at uh, Olenek inside the distance Maybe if that's like plus 200-ish, I might fucking take a stab on that. Or even Alexio Olenek by sub, if that's plus 200, I might take a stab on that. Uh, Even against Mark Hunt, you know, Olenek Olenek by sub was plus 200. And I took a .5 shot unit on that. And I think I would take the same exact shot here. Um, Harris is just tough to trust. I don't trust him. I'm going to take Olenek by sub. Um, and I would probably bet the, uh, the submission. I wouldn't bet Olenek straight. I, I believe the only way he wins this fight is by submission. I don't see him grinding out Walt Harris. I don't think he's going to have the cardio advantage here. I think Walt Harris will have the cardio advantage. Um, so it's either Alexi Olenek by sub or uh, Walt Harris by finish. Uh, or even Decision if he wants to be very fucking, uh, you know, uh, you know what, I don't even think Decision. I think Olenek's just going to be too out of it by the third round, that even if it makes it to a third round, Walter Harris will clip him, catch him, and ground and pound him out. But I'm going to make my pick Olenek by sub. All right, main event time, RDA versus Leon Edwards. So this is a fight that I already have a bet on. Uh, I told, I tweeted it out. A lot of people fucking liked it. Uh, Give me RDA at plus money every fucking day. Against anybody other than Kobe Covington and Kamara Usman, so I hit him at uh, I hit two units at plus one sixteen. The best price you can get on him is plus one hundred nine at Bet Online, plus one hundred eight at Pinnacle, plus one hundred at William Hill, plus one hundred at Five Dimes. So the line is definitely closing a bit. I don't know if I highly doubt I had anything to do it. I'm just being honest, but I think that a lot of people are seeing value on Dos Anjos here at underdog odds, and I completely agree with them. You know, RDA is coming off a big victory over Kevin Lee in his last fight. That's the third straight very, you know, credentialed wrestler that he went up against, but the difference between Kevin Lee and Usman and Covington is that Usman and Covington have way better cards than Kevin Lee. You know, Kevin Lee clearly blew his wad. He was fighting like a bat out of hell in those first couple rounds, thinking that he was going to be able to finish Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos was right there with him every fucking, every fucking minute, you know. Even in, I think, it was the third round or the fourth round, he came out with, like, a flying knee or something crazy just to show Kevin Lee, I'm here, motherfucker. I got the gas to go all five rounds, and I think that is definitely going to be an advantage here for against for him against Leon Edwards. You know it was very concerning uh, for Leon Edwards to give up full mount with one minute left against Gunnar Nelson. I know Gunnar Nelson has a knack for getting those submissions or those positions, but I think RDA has a better takedown game than Gunnar Nelson. I think RDA mixes up the MMA game way better than anybody that Leon Edwards has fought as of late. You know, that win over Cowboy Sorni is one thing, but Sorni hasn't been really known to be the best wrestler out there. You know, and that's probably the most impressive win he's had when he ran into Kamaru Usman. You know, Kamaru Usman's a fucking freight train. It's tough to beat a guy like that. And I think he's going to have some trouble here against RDA. I think the most successful Edwards is going to have is probably in the first two rounds with his striking. And I don't think that he's going to have the biggest strength advantage. I think he's going to be the bigger guy, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's going to have a huge strength advantage over Rafael Dos Anjos here. I think Dos Años, you know, one thing is concerning with him is sometimes it seems like he's giving up uh, his back to the cage a little bit too much. Uh, but, one, you, you know, you can't really downplay the work that he's doing there because he is st- still landing very good knees uh, to the body of his opponent opponents when his back is against the cage, especially against Robbie Lawler, um, but I, I truly think that he's going to be the most well-run, well-rounded striker and most well-rounded fighter that Leon Edwards has ever fought, and the fact that it's five rounds, I think it really, really, really um, uh, favors Dos Anjos here. I think Dos Anjos has the pace and the cardio to go all five rounds, make it tough in those three, four, and five rounds. Um and uh, I think that's where he pulls off this decision victory. I think that uh, Edwards makes it competitive for the first two rounds with his striking. Uh, you know, it keeps Dos Anjos at a decent range. But I think that Dos Anjos, with his game planning, um, you know, he is very good on the feet. Uh, and then very good with mixing his takedowns into his striking uh, and vice versa. Um, that I think that's going to eventually give Leon Edwards problems. And I think that Edwards is going to have a lot of trouble getting up off of a a Dos Anjos takedowns uh, later in those fights, uh, later in those rounds. So I I very much favor Dos Anjos here. Uh, It sucks because I really like Leon Edwards, man. I think he brings a lot to the table with his striking. Um, It's kind of unfortunate he's had to run into Rafael Dos Anjos here. But I truly believe that Dos Anjos is like the top three gatekeeper, top four gatekeeper. If you don't have that pressure wrestling style of a Kamaru Usman and that pace and, and cardio of a Kobe Covington... It's you're not gonna beat Rafael dos Anjos, man. It's it's as simple as that, you know. Kevin Lee had the wrestling. I think his wrestling is definitely up there with Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. But he just can't keep up the pace, and Dos Andros can keep up that pace. He can keep up the, the consistency. And even in that fight against Robbie Lawler, you know, he pretty much, it seemed like he emptied the gas tank in that second round with going on that flurry, but he was still able to go the full five rounds. I know it was a diminished Robbie Lawler, but I think that he will have just as much success against Leon Edwards here in the later rounds. Uh, and I think he wins this fight, man. I, I truly think he wins by decision. Uh, yeah, I fucking love Dos Anjos in this range. I don't know if you're gonna get plus one ten, plus one, plus one fifteen again on him. I think people are you know getting getting hip to the whole Dos thing. You know he's uh, minus one or two on bookmaker now, which is fucking nuts. Let's see what these things even opened at. Uh, so five Dimes is normally one of the first ones. He, so he opened at. Minus one thirty-five, and th- there's been a lot of movement where he's been going from favorite to dog, favorite to dog. But he's been a—he's pretty much been a dog since uh, từ, 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 từ. since July twentieth. Nope, since July second, I should say. Sorry. So uh, he's holding true at that Pickamish line, plus one hundred line. Wait it out for the week. You know, if you want to hop on this Los Angeles train and tail my play, I would say wait it out a little bit longer. Uh, but I do definitely see a lot of people that are very interested in Leon Edwards, too. So there's definitely going to be some plays there. And there might be some sharps who want to hit him a little bit later in the week. Uh, so just keep your eye on the RDA line. I think you can you could probably get a good line on him uh, a little bit later in the week. But I hit him at two units at plus 116. Very happy to do so. Very happy to see him at those odds. And it was almost a no-brainer for me to pick him. Dos años, Decision. Have to do it. And that's going to be my official pick. So... That's UFC San Antonio. I feel like I fucking killed it for you guys here. Uh, I, I I had my man Joseph fucking call me out on the last uh, podcast, you know, not being prepared for those first couple fights and you know, I, I I like the fact that you guys are keeping me honest. Um, you know, I, I do my best to stay on top of this tape as much as possible. I try to have it ready to go for Monday so I can record this podcast fully prepared. Uh, even though I have, like, you know, the rest of the week to, to dust up on a couple of things and see where the line movement goes, I, I want to get ahead of schedule, man. I love the schedule that my man Newsom's on. You know, he's he's a couple of cards ahead already. It's it's great to be on that schedule. So I've been killing it with the studying for the last couple of days. days. Uh, even for this week, too, I'm going to be trying to get ahead and trying to get all the way up to uh, the next card I believe which is UFC 240 headlined by Edgar and Holloway Uh, and it's good that the odds makers are getting the odds out really early too so um, you know it I, I, I kind of prefer to make my own assumption first and, and make my own betting lines than, you know compare them to what I see uh, with the Oddsmakers release, but if they're already out there, I'm already going to fucking see them, so I, I kind of know right away which fights I don't want to waste my time on too much, and then the fights that I need to just like look on a little bit, just enough to be able to give you guys a, a proper prediction and a proper pick, uh, which is what I did with a couple of the fights earlier in this card, um, but... Hopefully you guys listen to the whole podcast and you guys can see which fights that I'm actually considering as a possible lock of the night play and then which uh, odds that aren't out yet that I'm looking forward to seeing and will probably hit at at certain prices. So listen to the whole thing. I don't know if you guys are really using the timestamps to get to the fights that you want to hear about, uh, but listen to the whole podcast. I feel like I have plenty of valuable content to offer to you guys throughout the podcast. Uh, So yeah, like I said, that's UFC San Antonio. Uh, one bet placed already. This is going to be possibly my third straight winning event as well. So if I win this event, my next event, which is going to be probably USC 240, will be my first paid event. Going to be going back to paid events uh, if I get the W this week. And if I don't get the W, then you guys will get another three straight uh, weeks of free picks. So make sure you guys tell me on this card. On Twitter, at MMALOTN, as always, the website is www.mmalotn.ca. Make sure you guys check that out for all my latest plays. Um, I will be back next week for UFC 240 to do the Lockcast for you guys, as well as next week we're going to be doing the next of Swords episode as well. We're supposed to do it this week. Unfortunately, we won't be able to because my man Big Rob is going to be out camping. I'm going to go join him, like I told you guys at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to be going up on Friday, stay the night there, and probably come back on Saturday. Hopefully in time to catch the fights. Uh, live. Otherwise I'll just watch them a little bit delayed. Uh, but yeah. Next Monday I'll be back for a cast And then Wednesday of next week. Uh, I'll be doing the next Combated sewers. So I'll be back with Tony to do that for you guys. I believe that is it. Rate, comment, subscribe. Uh, wherever fucking platform you're listening to. YouTube. Whatever it is. YouTube is probably the best. So if you guys are listening to this audio. I feel sorry for you guys. But YouTube. Watch my beautiful face. always available for you guys Uh, and uh, yeah that's about it I'm out peace good luck this weekend we out